My name's Andrew. If I've never met you before, I'm glad you're here. Glad you're with us this morning. I'm one of the leaders here. I get the joy of opening up the word with you this morning. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. Um, Colossians chapter 2, if you're using one of our Bibles, uh, it can be found on page 822. Uh, 822, Colossians chapter 2 is where we're going to be this morning. Um, but before we dive into the word together, uh, there's a few things, there's a lot kind of happening in our church family right now. Um, if you're a part of Ethos, you've probably been getting the emails and you're like, wait, this is happening and this is happening. When's it happening? What time? And so I want to kind of give a brief overview of what is going on right now and the different ways that you can participate and what God is doing um, uh, in our church family. And so last night at 5 p.m., we kicked off 24 hours of prayer. And so people in our church family have been praying for 24 hours straight at the Ethos offices. If it's your first time hearing about this, you're like, that's amazing. I want to participate. Uh, we still have quite a few hours left. And so it's going to end at 5 p.m. tonight. And so if you have time this afternoon, uh, if you want to go take a nap in the presence of God, this is a great space to do that. Um, the prayer vigil at the offices of Ethos. And so 2301 8th Avenue South. Uh, you can find more information online really easy at ethoschurch.org. And so if you want to participate in this prayer vigil, um, just spend some time in the presence of God, praying for our city, uh, praying for one another. I encourage you to uh, carve out some time between now and 5 p.m. And then 5 p.m., uh, our 24-hour prayer vigil will end, and then we are going to have a night of baptisms and celebrations at 5 p.m. tonight um, over at the Cannery Ballroom. And so we have three locations. The Cannery Ballroom is one of our locations. And tonight at 5 p.m., we're going to have a night of worship and baptism. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we have people in our church family here at Marathon who are getting baptized. So if you want to uh, get baptized yourself, if you know, like, hey, this is my next step with Jesus, or if uh, you just want to celebrate with others in our church family who are getting baptized, I encourage you to come tonight, 5 p.m. Um, so prayer vigil will end. We'll celebrate and worship and baptisms. And then for the next 21 days, we're going to be praying together as a church family. And so you probably noticed this uh, prayer booklet in, uh, in your seat. And so we're kicking off our new teaching series this morning. And as a way of not only just being in a teaching series on Sundays, um, we're going to spend the first 21 days of this series praying together. Uh, and the idea is um, us being more rooted in Christ, and we actually wanted to intentionally give everyone in our church family a specific tool, um, a specific um, prompt each day that, that will just more deeply root our lives in uh, the life of Jesus. And so uh, if you were with us this past uh, spring, we spent the month of February praying and fasting together, and we didn't want to just... Uh, do that once a year. So we thought, hey, why don't we kick off our fall by spending 21 days in prayer together as a church family? And so this will be your guide, your 21-day guide um, as we pray together uh, as a church family. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about what, what God's going to do um, over the next three months together as we're in this uh, new series, which we're kicking off this morning in Colossians chapter 2. Um, everyone understand kind of what's happening? Prayer vigil, tonight, 5 p.m., and then 21 days of prayer together as a church family. Um, but I want to um, open up our time, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, uh, to kick off our series. Uh, but I actually kind of want to give some uh, a preface before we dive into the Word this morning. Um, what we're going to be doing over the next three months is just kind of examining and practicing 
uh, what it looks like for us as the people of God to live deeply, uh, to live intentionally um, in a world that is very hurried, in a world that is constantly uh, changing. If I had to guess, if I would ask you to raise your hand, okay, if you believe this world is hurried and constantly changing, raise your hand. I would assume most of us would probably say, yes, I feel, I feel that tension. Yep, Eli's raising his hand, he knows. And we've titled this series Rooted um, because that will be our focus. It will be rooting our lives in the person, in the ways, and in the teachings of Jesus. Um, and we, we really believe as a church family, okay, if, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, if we fix our hearts, if we fix our minds, if, if we look to Jesus intentionally during this season together, um, he will root us more deeply in him. He tells us he's both the author of our faith and he's the perfecter of our faith. And so this season, we're looking to Christ and saying, will you root us more deeply in you than we have ever been uh, rooted before? And you're saying, okay, why are we taking three months to, to, to ask this question, to, to look at how uh, we are either rooted or not rooted in Christ? And really the answer comes from Paul in Colossians here. He's actually speaking to the same thing that we are kind of sensing as a church family. That we live in this world that will often kind of fool us, that will kind of trick us into a different way of thinking. And so unless we are rooted in truth, unless we are rooted in the person of Jesus, it won't take long for us to kind of drift off, off course. It won't take long for the world to kind of deceive us into different ways of thinking. And before we know it, we've adopted attitudes, we've adopted philosophies, We've adopted ways of thinking from the world and not even recognizing we're no longer rooted in Christ. And so we're taking three months and we're saying, okay, it's one thing to know about Jesus. It's one thing to know about Jesus, right? You can, you can know about Jesus. It's, it's another thing to have your, your life deeply rooted in Jesus. It's another thing to have your life marked by deep roots in Christ beyond the surface, deep within the heart of someone. And so what Paul says to this group of Christians in this church in the ancient city called Colossae, this book uh, is written, this is a letter from Paul, and this, this is what he says. This is what he says. Let's read this together. Verse six, it says, so then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Verse eight, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So all the fullness of God lives in Christ, but it keeps going, verse 10, and in Christ, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. So through Jesus, it says, all of God is represented in him, and through Jesus, we are able to experience the fullness 
of God. I don't know about you, but that is something that I want to experience. I don't just want a part of God. I just don't want a piece of God. I want the fullness of God running through my veins. I want all that God has to offer. I want all that God has to give. And Paul, he says and reminds us here in Colossians, he says, hey, you're not made for for a half full life. You're made for a completely full life in God through Jesus. And I would argue that um, it's, it's roots in Christ that are the biggest factor in whether we have a life that is full of God. I think it's why Paul tells us here, he says, hey, you're to remain rooted and built up, rooted and built up, rooted and built up in Christ. And I don't think we can experience the fullness of God. I don't think we can experience all that God has to offer unless we examine, unless we look at where our roots are. Where, where are we gaining sustenance? Where are we gaining sustainability? Where are we gaining strength? Is it in Christ or, or, is, it, or is it somewhere else? Uh, where our church offices are located over in the Melrose area, if you were at the prayer vigil, uh, you probably saw this, but it's surrounded by a bunch of just really big, large, mature trees. I don't know what kind of yard you have, but um, you may have a yard that's full of these just big, large, huge, mature trees. And um, this past summer, did anyone feel like we had a thunderstorm almost every other week? It was like um, the winds and rain would just come and pick up like for five or 10 minutes. And every single time this happened at the office, it was like, okay, it's a waiting game. Which tree is gonna fall um, today? And so we, a storm would come and when we would look outside, okay, this tree's still standing. And more often than not, there would be at least one tree that was knocked down. It's interesting because uh, I showed up one Monday morning, I pull into the driveway at, at the office and there's this one tree that had actually fallen against the building. Thankfully, it's a cinder block uh, side of our building. And so it didn't do, didn't do that much damage. Um, and what I did was I ended up kind of going closer to checking out like anyone would. I'm like, all right, let's go to the scene of the crime. Let's see what happens. I'm like a 10-year-old boy. I'm like, a tree is falling. Can I climb on it? And as I got closer to the tree, one of the things I looked at was the inside, which was really surprising, but the inside of the tree was actually hollow. And now I'd seen this tree before, and I noticed it's like it actually looked fairly normal, fairly healthy, but the inside of the tree um, was almost completely hollowed out. And, and the root system within that tree was pretty much rotted out. And what I noticed, I was like, okay, if you were to look at the tree from the outside, you would have never known uh, that there was a serious problem happening on the inside. Uh, but on the inside, it was hollow, and the roots were really not as deep down as uh, you would have thought they were. And so I kind of begin this morning with that image in mind, just kind of ask a question. Does your outward appearance right now, does your outward appearance match the inside reality of your life? I know I'm, I'm victim of this way too often where uh, what is really happening on the inside is not what is represented on the outside. But I would say, especially within the church, this should be the place where we can be our most true self. And I'm not asking that question to say, okay, hey, are, are, is your root system rotted out without us looking to Jesus and saying, hey, let's take this season to dig our root system deeper in the love and the peace and the joy of Christ. There is, there is hope. And I love, I love Jesus because he would often use just metaphors um, for 
helping us understand a deeper spiritual reality. And more often than not, he would just use the natural world. He would use just kind of the, the things of the world that people would understand and grasp. And so this, during this time when Jesus walked on earth, um, he would use weather, he would use agriculture to kind of help people understand uh, the deeper spiritual reality in which he was speaking to. I honestly became convinced this week that a, a degree in agriculture, like a degree in horticulture, might be more beneficial to your walk with the Lord than a degree in theology. It's like Jesus, he, he understood things in a way that I want to understand them. You think about Matthew 7, you know, Jesus using weather, he, he talks about two houses that are built. He said, okay, this house is built on a firm foundation. This house is built on a weak foundation. A storm comes, what happens? The house built on a firm foundation stands. The house built on a weak foundation falls. John 15, Jesus uses this image of the vine and the branches. He says, hey, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. You think about Jesus Probably one of his most famous parables, parable of the sower. There's this farmer, he's sowing seed. And he's saying, hey, look at the importance of the soil uh, that it's falling on. Because the soil is gonna be an indicator of how deep the roots will actually go. And in this series called Rooted, we had both storms and agriculture in mind. Because in a hurried culture like ours, in a shifting and changing culture like ours, Life can sometimes feel like the winds and the rains pick up, right? You've had those moments where you have experienced the wind and the rain um, of life around you. And in these moments, there's a couple of things that happen. I think we will either begin to feel like we're gonna topple over. We're either gonna be like we're getting ready to fall, we're getting ready to bend, we're getting ready to break. Or we're gonna be like that tree planted by streams of water that's firm, that, that, does not, that does not break, that does not topple over. You can probably think about someone in your life who, who you have seen do this really well. You can probably think about someone who just, the, the circumstances of their life would make you think that they should have toppled over. And yet you see this firm foundation of faith, these deep roots in Jesus that did not let them fall. I'm amazed. I see this through so many people who, who've just battled and struggled with this terrible thing called cancer. And how often do you see followers of Jesus, men and women of Jesus, who, who walk through this battle, and yet you see this, this undeniable peace within them uh, that, that, that I know I, I don't quite have. And it's, and it's these people that you see, you said, okay, there's something about what you have in Christ that, that I want. And I believe it's roots that just go deeper than we are able to see um, from, from the outside. So I believe the difference between a tree that topples and a tree that stands firm is one that either has roots in Jesus or someone who maybe hasn't quite gripped the ground or gone deep in their faith. In this series that we're in, it, we're, we're hoping that the ways of God, the teachings of Jesus, the ways of Jesus are gonna help our roots go deeper in him. So when the chaos surrounds us, when the cultural winds shift, when our circumstances around us are saying, hey, you should probably just bend over and break, when the world is telling us, hey, this is, this is how you should live. 
Hey, this is what actual truth is. Hey, this is how you should live your life. We are steady and we are unshaken because we have been firmly rooted in Jesus. You see, the ways of God, the ways of God are, are what enabled Jesus to literally take a nap on a boat in the middle of a storm. It's like the ways of God, deep roots in the Father, deep roots in God are what allowed Jesus to say, Father, they know not what they do. To forgive the people, the very people that were hanging him up on the cross. There are things that the Holy Spirit, I believe, wants to do in us and teach us that will help us firm and steady ourselves in a culture and in a world around us that feels like the exact opposite at times. Now, I wanna start by just making a couple observations about this very metaphor itself that we're gonna be in over the next uh, few months together. Uh, the first observation um, is actually the fact that it, in and of itself, it is opposed to the cultural narrative and norm. So growing deep roots, growing deep roots, it is a long, it is a slow process, right? Growing deep roots is not a quick process. And here's the thing, we live in a culture, we live in a world that is just instant. Instant gratification. We live in, in this microwave culture. And we don't like the idea of something taking a long time. We don't like the idea of something taking a long time to develop, taking a long time to get something. We've grown accustomed, whether we know it or not, we've grown accustomed to getting things our way and getting our way pretty quickly. I mean, almost everyone nowadays has a personal computer, right? in your pocket. And I say personal computer. We call these things phones now. I'm not really sure why. It's, it's a computer that has the ability to make phone calls. I think we should say, hey, can I borrow your computer real fast? Rather than say, can I borrow your phone real fast? And here's the thing about these personal computers that we have in our pockets. Everything is at our fingertips. Everything is instant. I mean, you instant message someone. You can instantly message someone all the way around, around the world. You can instantly video call someone, like immediately and get in touch with someone all the way around the world. You can instantly find a date. I mean, you can swipe left, right, and instantly you have a date. I was blown away the fact that I could order groceries from my phone and they would show up at my house later that day. I mean, I thought ClickList was like the bomb, but now I don't even have to get in my car and drive to the grocery store. Groceries can actually be delivered to my front door. How many of you use DoorDash? It's like, uh, I don't wanna go out and get my fast food. I want my fast food delivered to my front door. It's like instant gratification. You wanna make someone angry nowadays? Like turn the internet speed down a little bit. You wanna see, you wanna see someone get frustrated? Make them have dial-up. I'm like, 20 years ago, it took me 10 minutes to log on to actually be able to use the internet. And it was like a minute for each page to load. But we live in this world of instant gratification. I mean, I get frustrated, in all honesty, sitting in a traffic light too long. I'm like, there's this traffic light at Harding and Danby. Every time I get to it, I'm like, seriously, Keela, they've got to do something about this. It's 30 seconds in my day, and yet I am so quick to want things my way and want it quickly. Now, one more quick thing. 
this is, this is a very serious thing. If you step foot in the express aisle with more than 15 items in your cart, uh, we're, we're gonna need you to come to the respond banner in the back. We live in this microwave culture, right? Where you can get things the way you want it and you can get it instantly. Now contrast that with just the rest of life, especially on like a personal and developmental level. In the spiritual realm. Like when it comes to a massive tree, you don't walk outside and think, man, where did that tree come from? I bet it just grew up overnight. Like it's not something we do, right? But when it comes to our lives with God, when it comes to our walk with Jesus, I think often, and I know this is true for me, we want, we want the results of a lifetime of faithfulness without the lifetime of faithfulness. Uh, we, we want the deep roots in Jesus without the discipline that produces deep roots in Jesus. So, so observation number one, developing deep roots, it is slower than we want it to be. It's a process that takes time. And now one of the, one of the things, it's, it's both this act of grace and grit. Um, Paul says, okay, Turn back to, to verse six with me. He says, okay, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, okay, you received Christ Jesus as Lord, there's this moment of just the grace of God. It's the moment where you say, okay, God, I cannot do this on my own. My sinless is too long. My mistakes are too many. It's that moment where you give your life to Jesus and you say, okay, Jesus, the slate is wiped clean. It's that moment where you just accept and receive the grace of Jesus. And then you have this reality where it's, it's not just a one-time thing, right? It's not just a one-time moment. He continues, he said, okay, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Continue to live your lives in him. This isn't a checkbox. This is a this is a staying, staying in it, staying with it. There's this grit we must have as followers of Jesus to remain in him and a world that's pushing us and swaying us the other direction. Second observation, just about this metaphor in and of itself as we kind of set the big picture of this series. The most important part of the tree, the roots, it is the thing that is least seen, and yet it's the most important part. It's the thing that's least seen, and yet it's the most important. And the reality is, is the world and the culture around us, it says, hey, the most important thing is your outside image, right? Now, they're not blasting this on a billboard or anything, but based upon everything you see in the culture around us, it's, hey, doesn't matter what's happening inside. As long as your outward appearance matches how you should be doing, you're, you're good. And I think we've fallen victim to that lie far too often. And Paul, he reminds us, you have that image of the tree. Hey, the most important part of your walk with Jesus is the part that no one else, is, no one else sees. It's, it's that secret place. It's that place where you cultivate friendship and intimacy with God that, that, that no one else knows about. And the world around us, hey, the most important part of your life is, is the part that everyone sees. Make sure you portray a good image. 
And Paul, he's reminding us here, he's like, hey, no, the, the most important part of your life with Jesus is, is in those secret places that no one else can see. That is where the source of life comes from. That is where you know the Father's heart. Have you ever had one of these moments when you, when you realize, okay, you aren't quite as far along in something as you thought you were? It's this moment where you feel exposed a little bit. Uh, for me, this was my freshman year trying out for the baseball team. I had uh, played baseball my entire life. Um, I thought I was pretty good, you know, e e edging on the side of at least better than average. Uh, well, well, then I got to high school and uh, started freshman baseball tryouts and realized I was not nearly as good as I thought I was. I don't know exactly how much I weighed at the time or how tall I was, um, but I wasn't um, very tall and I wasn't very heavy. Um, if you were to put me in a, in a category physically in high school, it would have definitely been an average, not jock, which I know surprising for you now looking at me today, but I was much smaller uh, back then. But it wasn't just a physical thing. Uh, it, it, I didn't put the practice in. I didn't put nearly the time in. I didn't put the energy in that, uh, that my peers clearly had. Now, the reality is they were a product of their parents living their glory days vicariously through them. I do not still hold a grudge at all. But anyway, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't nearly as far along as I thought I was. Um, these moments are good though, right? I, I can't tell you how often I've had these moments in my walk with Jesus, in, in my faith walk, where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not quite as far along in the journey as I thought I was. I'm not, I'm not quite nearly as sanctified in this area of my life as, as I thought I was. Now, these moments like, should not be these guilt, shame-inducing moments. These moments are helpful. Like, I'm always, not always, I would like to always be thankful for these moments when they come. These moments when you realize, okay, I'm not nearly as far along in the journey as I thought I was. Because here's what it helps you do. It helps you realize where you're at and who you really are on the inside. But, but more importantly, it helps give you a vision. It helps give you an opportunity to see who you wanna be and where you wanna be down the road. And my hope is that during this series, during the next three months of our time together, as we look at what it means to be rooted, we as a church and we as individuals can uncover where our roots are, where we are. We, we can actually look to see, okay, where, where is life right now for me? Where do I find myself? But not only that, help get a fresh vision of who we wanna be and where we wanna be one, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. I love this quote. I've heard it a few different ways from a few different people, but it goes something like this. We, we typically will uh, overestimate what we can accomplish in a day and we'll underestimate what we can accomplish in a lifetime. We typically will overestimate what we can accomplish in a day and underestimate what we can accomplish in a lifetime. You see, we want the results that come from a lifetime of faithfulness in God without the lifetime of faithfulness. But, but if we, as Paul says in Colossians 2, if we don't just accept Jesus as Lord, 
but if we will continue to live our lives in him, if we will continue to look to Jesus as the Lord, as the authority in our lives, we will see, we will experience, we will know fruit like we've never known before. We will see the results if we remain rooted in him. We will bear the fruit if we remain rooted in him. If we remain in him, if we continue to live our lives in him, we will be like, as Psalm 1 says, and where we're gonna be next week, streams like trees planted by streams of water. Trees planted by streams of living water. And I kept being drawn to just kind of three words this week as I was thinking about, okay, what roots and what do they give you? And these three words, if you wanna write them down, are strength, stability, and sustenance. Strength, stability, and sustenance. It's, it's the roots that give a tree strength. It allows it to weather the storms. It's roots that give the tree the stability for everything else to grow upon. It's roots that provide sustenance. It's, it's roots that provide from deep within the ground. And here are the questions that I want us to wrestle with uh, this, this morning. Where do I get my strength? Where do I get my strength? Think about that. Where do you get your strength? What is the source of your strength? Are you looking for strength from within yourself? Or are you trying to do things on your own might? Are you trying to gain strength from, from the ways of the world? Or are you, are you gaining strength in God? Where, where are you getting your stability? Think about that. Where are you getting your stability? Is your root system, is your, is your life, is your heart deeply gripped by Jesus or is he just someone you know? Is, uh, is your life deeply rooted in Jesus so that when the storms of life come, you don't find yourself getting blown over? Or does your stability come from the circumstances in and of themselves? Okay, where do you get your sustenance? What well do you turn to drink from? What, what source do you drink from when you're tired and when you're worn? Where do you find life when you're looking for it? Simply boiled down into one question. Those are kind of just some things to kind of get our hearts and our minds thinking, but simply boil down into one question. Where is my life currently rooted? Where is your life currently rooted? rooted. And we aren't just going to ask Jesus to reveal where we're at. We're also going to ask Jesus this morning to reveal where he wants to take us deeper. And so the second question I want us to contemplate over this time of communion is, Jesus, where are you inviting me to grow deeper in you? And Deb, you can put this, this slide up. So question number one I want us to wrestle with this morning. We're going to ask Jesus together, Jesus, where is my life currently rooted? And the second question I want us to contemplate and answer over our time of communion is, Jesus, where are you inviting me to grow deeper in you? I'm, I'm really excited about this series. I'm really excited about uh, what, what I believe God is going to do in us and through us and the ways that he, he's going to take us deeper as a church family in him through prayer in ways that we have never uh, experienced before. And so I wanna invite us, I'm gonna pray for us and I actually want us to head to communion right now to kind of contemplate these two questions together. But I don't want us to only do this, 
this morning for like five or 10 minutes, I actually wanna invite you to like homework this week. I'm gonna use the word homework. I didn't wanna use that word. I'm just like, that's, that's what it, I'm, I'm giving you some homework this week. I want you to take 30 minutes. I want you to take 30 minutes, carve out 30 minutes, and I want you, uh, along with the Holy Spirit, to, to really dive even deeper into these questions. Because the reality is, is, is we, we, we're only gonna be able to go so deep in our time together this morning. Well, what I wanna invite you to do is spend some time with Jesus this week thinking through these two questions. And I, when you ask Jesus, he responds. He, he'll reveal it. He, he, will, he, will, he will answer in ways that um, I don't think uh, we will be able to fathom and understand uh, right now this morning. He's gonna move, he's gonna work. Um, so I'm gonna pray for us and I wanna invite us to go to communion together as a family. And so Father, we thank you for uh, just the, the reality that you are here and you are speaking. Um, Jesus, we, we just wanna acknowledge that um, you are the source of true life. You are the place that we find peace. You are the place that we find joy. You are the place that we find um, love, that we experience love, that we know love. And I would just ask that by the power of your spirit, um, you would just reveal in us this morning uh, where, where our source of life is coming from. Will you reveal in us this morning where we are getting our strength? Will you reveal in us this morning where we are getting our sustenance? Will you reveal in us this morning whether our roots are deeply embedded in you? Maybe they're not as deep as we thought they were. And by the power of your spirit, will you take us deeper in you in this season? Will you reveal us deeper truths of who you are? Maybe we experience you on deeper levels than we've ever experienced. We wanna know your love. We wanna know your peace. We wanna know your joy. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Together as a whole church, we say, amen.